Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Permafit Podcast. I am your host, Gordon, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things permanent, long-term, sustainable fitness and health transformation. All right, now I like to be really clear about that on the front end because there is nothing that we get into that is going to be a quick fix or a Band-Aid solution or something that is temporary something that you're going to use to just get five or 10 pounds off to get into that dress for that party or that wedding or something, and then put it all back on the week after. No, that's not what we're focused on here. That's not what we do. This is all about permanence. So very, very, very infrequently do I talk to someone who is looking for a weight loss or body fat loss or body composition, physique transformation of any kind And very infrequently does someone explain that to me and what their goals are, but then also tell me on the back end of that, that they want to not just achieve the goal, but they want to throw it away in six months. They want to put all the weight back on in six months, or they want to put all the weight back on in a year. That really doesn't happen. I don't really hear that a lot. What most people want and what most people tell me they want, and this is true for clients and prospective clients, and then just honestly, just general conversations that I have with people that are not either of those. Uh, what they typically tell me, what people typically say is, Gordon, I, I want to lose this weight and I want to keep it off for the long term. Like I want to be fit and healthy for years and years and years, decades if possible. That's what I want. And if that's you, if that's something that you are ambitious towards and something that you want to achieve, then you're in the right place. Okay. Cause that's exactly what we talk about. And what we're going to get into into today is specifically where your perspective is at before going into any sort of health and fitness transformation or program or some kind of structured, organized plan or, or what have you, right? We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about specifically within that perspective what you anticipate the results to be versus what they are actually going to be, okay? And this is really important because this perspective change that you quite honestly are probably going to need to have, okay, at least a little bit anyway, is one of the big make or break functions of this whole process, okay? So really, it looks like this. At a high, high level, it looks like this, okay? Most people look at what might happen versus what will actually happen when they get going on any kind of transformation, okay? And when I say transformation, look, it doesn't matter how much weight you need to lose. It doesn't matter how much body fat you need to lose. It doesn't, how much muscle, it doesn't matter how much muscle you need to put on or want to put on. The numbers don't really matter, okay? The end result is the same, 
okay, for everybody, which is you want to be in a body that makes you feel amazing and healthy and fit and strong and confident. And you want to be able to live in that body in vitality for the long term, right? Now, for some of you, again, the weight number is different. The muscle composition to fat, muscle to fat composition is different, okay? I don't care about the number for the sake of this conversation. But when most people are getting going in any kind of plan or any kind of program or any kind of uh, any, any strategy, whatever, to try to accomplish that, typically what people do is they, they fall back on this concern or this fear or, or really it's a perspective of what might happen. Okay, what might happen? People worry far too much about what might happen. Okay, now some examples of, of this that I've been told many, many, many times by people is they wonder, like, am I going to get going on this and am I going to fail? Right? I might fail. I might not be successful. I might not be able to incorporate these things. I might not be able to learn how nutrition really works. I might not be able to do this or that, right? They focus a lot on these what might happens or or something something gets going in their brain about all these potential negative scenarios that could happen that are that are quite honestly unrelated to anything to do with health and fitness transformation. Like, for example, I might lose my job in three months. Therefore, I should probably not even try this because it's going to be a big disruption and then I'm going to have to be looking for a job and then I'm going to be short on money and time and energy and this and that and whatever, right? Or I might break up with my, my boyfriend or my girlfriend in six months. And if that happens, then I'm, I might binge eat to try to cope with that. I might decide to cancel all of my, my health centric plans, my, my health and fitness centric plans and activities to mourn that or to deal with it or to honestly, for lack of a better way of putting it to, to feel sorry for myself for a period of time to get over it. Right. That's something that happens. Or I might have to take my kid to the hospital if he breaks his leg next weekend. And then I'll have to miss workouts and then I'll have to focus on him for a little while. And then I'm not going to be able to focus on nutrition, right? These are kind of like the what mights, <laughs> the what mights. And these are things that might happen. Sure, of course. But if you really think about it, this is this kind of like paranoid way of looking at things. This can be applied to anything. I mean, on your way to work today, if you, if, if you're one of the few that still drives to work, Okay you might get in a car accident. You might break your neck in that car accident. You may never walk again. That is a, that is a potential scenario with an extremely low likelihood of, of happening, but it might happen, right? You might die in that car accident, right? You may be carjacked and you, you, you might be kidnapped. Like so many crazy things could happen. They've happened before. They could happen again. Right? I was recently reading a, a tragic story. I don't remember all the details, but I believe it was in the state of Pennsylvania, and this was years ago. A mother was driving her three kids. I don't know if they were triplets or she just had three kids and to the mall or something. And 
she um she got rear-ended by a like a large cargo truck like an 18 wheeler or something and unfortunately she for like all her children were killed in the accident and and she lived and that is something that has been brought to light time and time and time again but there's really nothing you can do to prevent that from happening right so you can really look at that scenario as tragic and awful as it is and and I'm a parent and I can't even imagine what that mother is going through and 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 was at the time and is still probably going through years later but there's really two ways of looking at that, right? There's really two ways. One is, well, I can, I can live in a bubble. I can live in fear. I can live in this area, this space of never really putting myself out there because of all the things that might happen, right? Of all the things that might happen. And guys, this does tie in. This is a complete parallel to fitness and health transformation because what a lot of people do is they go through this process time and time and time again with the wrong strategy, with the wrong approach. They do something that's quick fix related. They do something that is uh, like, like they use pills, right? Or they use um, HCG injections, or they use some like uh, some, some really popular big brand quick fix fad diet kind of thing, or, or fad meal replacement or something like that. And they do these things because they sound exciting because they're hyped up like crazy and they're sold pretty inexpensively all things considered so that they can capture a lot of customers. Right. And as a result, people go into these programs and these, these strategies and they don't actually get anywhere. All right. They don't actually get anywhere. They may lose a little bit of weight on the front end. That's usually how it goes. You lose a little bit of weight in that front end. And then after a few weeks or a month, or something, maybe 60 days. Um, if you're an absolute savage, you might make it three months, 90 days. Uh, what happens is you, you bounce out of that. Okay. You bounce out of that and you are now kind of starting to revert back to who you were before you started that. And therefore the weight comes back on and all of these effects, these side effects that you were experiencing before start to come back. And then before you know it, you're, you're, you're honestly, most people are worse off than they were before they started, okay? That happens all the time. That happens all the time. And when that is a situation that you live through multiple times over the course of several years, then what happens is you build up this this belief in your mind that, I mean, A, it's, it's usually layered with a bunch of things, okay? A is, it's nothing is gonna work for me. If that didn't work for me, and that didn't work for me, and that didn't work for me, then nothing's gonna work for me. All right. Or you may build up this belief that I'm just destined to be in this body forever. Or you may build up the belief that uh, this is just who I am, right? This is just who I am. This, this is the hand I was dealt. This is the body God gave me, whatever, right? And you start to, to just accept these things, right? You start to accept that this isn't just where I'm at right now. This is who I am and where I'm at forever. Okay. So when something does come along that looks compelling, sounds compelling, resonates on a completely different level because it's not predicated on short-term quick fix band-aid solutions. Even though you want to believe it, you have, and I say you generally, it may not be actually you listening, okay, but, but many of you listening, 
are you have some hesitance there, some hesitancy, okay, which is great. That's actually what you should have. And therefore you don't pull the trigger because of that, okay? Now, I'm a firm believer that skepticism is a good thing, okay? Healthy skepticism is actually a great thing. And when I talk to someone who doesn't have any healthy skepticism around permafit, I almost get a little concerned. Like, well, why don't you have any any skepticism? There's a lot of reasons, right? There's a lot of reasons. But what I like to make sure of is if someone doesn't have any skepticism, I like to make sure that that's because they are maybe inexperienced in this field. They haven't gone through the trial and error yet. Okay. And if that's the case, then great, because if they enroll with, with me or with us in permafit, then, then that's, that's our opportunity to have them be successful, right? See them, see it through to completion, really fulfill what they came here looking for and have nothing but a great experience. All right. And that's, that's great because now they're going to go off into the health and fitness world, so to speak, uh, after they're done here. And they won't have a lot of those negative experiences to talk about. They'll only have positive experiences to talk about. Okay. But more often than not, when people come here, they are so focused on the what might happen that they're almost reluctant to do anything. Okay. They're almost reluctant to step into our world. They're almost they're reluctant to work with us. They're reluctant to even have a conversation a lot of times because they're concerned that they might end up making a decision like so many of their previous decisions and not get what they're ultimately looking for. All right. And again, I said a few minutes ago that skepticism is a good thing and our programs are not cheap. Okay. These are not $19 programs or $37 programs. Our programs are, are not cheap. They're, they're relatively pricey. Okay. Because the investment comes with a tremendous amount of support and a lot of little pieces and an entire team and daily one-on-one support, all right. Unlimited. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite honestly the best that's out there. And I really do believe that, but still, even with that people have been burned before, right? So they've built up this defense mechanism that is all based on what might happen, what might go wrong. And I totally get that. And I, I, I even support that to an extent. Okay. But what people don't do, which I firmly believe that, that, that this perspective shift is needed in order to be successful is instead of looking at everything through that lens of what might happen, I encourage people yourself, perhaps to look at th- a, a, through a different lens, which is what would happen or what could happen or what will happen. Okay. Not what might happen, but what will happen and what could happen. Now there's a subtle change there, right? It's not a massive rephrasing, but it is a rephrasing that's worth mentioning because this does make the biggest difference. Okay. Because people typically only look at the fear around what could happen, right? The, 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 the negative things that could go wrong. Instead, I would ask you to shift over to, to start considering what could actually happen positively. What, what are some of the positive things that could happen, right? If you step into to this world, if you step into a new strategy, what could actually happen, right? You could lose that 100 pounds. You could lose that 60 pounds that you've been hanging on to. And you could do that in a way that doesn't feel like it's crazy invasive and difficult and impossible to sustain, that could happen, okay? You could also create some new relationships along the way. 
meet some people that might be able to change the way you look at things and your perspective and how you how you view all this stuff, okay? That may happen, that could happen. You could also reach a new level of success and, and, and quite honestly, fulfillment and potential within your body, within your health spectrum that you never thought was possible. That could happen, okay? That could happen, but most people never consider it. And, and here's another thing. Not only do people never really consider what could happen, but people don't consider what will happen. Okay, so the cool thing about the body <laughs> is that it is an organism. Okay, it's an organism that has been well documented, well researched, well studied, and continues to be. All right, now, the, the, why that's a cool thing, why that's a great thing, is because in science, especially science that's not based on phenomenon, right? Like this, we're talking about the human body, which is relatively basic and simple biology for all the complexities that are in the body that make us what we are and who we are and how we operate and how we do things. For all of that, it's actually a relatively simple organism, biologically speaking, in terms of body fat and muscular development. Okay, now when it comes to weight loss, I always like to make sure that we can shift the articulation a little bit, right? And really get the, the verbiage choice correct. Because a lot of times people look at weight loss and they, they're focused on weight loss or they're focused on getting into a certain size or something like that. And they don't fully understand what's really going on there in order for that to happen. Okay, so let me kind of walk through this a little bit. So when you say you want to lose weight, let's just say you put on 35 pounds in the year 2020 after the coronavirus lockdown started. You put on 35 pounds, okay, over 12 months. That's actually not that uncommon. We've heard that a lot, okay, which is why I settled on that number. And if you did that, you might be thinking, I need to lose 35 pounds, right? And when you go down that trail a little further, you might recognize or realize that, well, I don't just want to lose 35. I may want to lose 50, right? Maybe I had an extra 15 pounds there that I had before the lockdown started that I want to get rid of. So maybe I want to lose 50 pounds. And the reason that you settle on that number is because that number sounds good. That number may be something that you weighed in at years ago and you remember feeling good and looking good at that weight 10 years ago. Or that number just seems to make sense to you, right? You don't really have any real logic behind it other than I would love to step on the scale and be 120 pounds. And right now I'm 170, okay? Something like that. Or maybe, maybe you looked at a chart somewhere, like a maybe at your doctor's office or something like that. You looked some stuff up online and you saw that a healthy weight for a woman your age with your height and your body type should be 120 pounds. Therefore, you need to lose 50 pounds to get to that 120 pound mark, okay? Th those are all mechanisms of, of rationalizing why your goal is what it is when your goal is specifically a weight loss number, okay? That's what a lot of people do. But when it comes to the body, the body, it's, there's a few different things that go into that, okay? So there's something called body composition that we talk about a lot here and it's important to understand what body composition is. 
Okay, so body composition is essentially the ratio of body fat to muscle mass on your frame. Okay, body fat to lean body mass. So if you were to go get a, a full body scan, like a DEXA scan is a great example, you would have the ability to, to view your body fat mass, your lean body mass, your overall body weight, okay, which is a combination of those and, and some other things typically. And that's going to tell you your body composition. When you understand your body composition, then it's a lot more granular and a lot more detailed and quite honestly gives you uh, more insight into what's going on right now and what you actually need to change to get where you're trying to go. Okay. But you would never know any of that if you didn't know this. Okay. If you didn't know that body composition was part of this, all you know ahead of time is I'd like to lose about 50 pounds, but what may actually be going on is you may need to lose maybe 30 pounds of body fat Okay, but putting on 10 or 12 or 15 pounds of muscle mass may actually give you the body composition that fulfills all those things I mentioned earlier, getting into a body that you love, feeling amazing, okay, looking incredible, having confidence, living in vitality. Those things may happen and you may be at a weight that is completely different than what you originally thought, okay? And here's a great example. <laughs> when I was growing up, when I was younger, I used to want to look like a superhero. Okay. And now just for some context, for those of you who don't know me, I was, I was the fat kid growing up. Okay. All through middle school, all through high school, all through college. And I ended up graduating college about 85 pounds overweight. Okay. Now through all those years, I wanted to look like a superhero, right? I wanted to have that, that, that muscular physique, right? The kind of like borderline unrealistic physique. Okay. But I never really took action on it the right way when I was younger, whatever. That's a whole separate story. I also have a, uh, my, my, my first experience with death was going to my uncle's funeral, his open, open casket wake, and then his funeral. And when I was about nine years old and he died from a massive heart attack which was directly related to being obese. He was morbidly obese, okay? Uh, kind of like a worst case scenario type of obese. And I, when I started getting older, I started to be able to, to connect to that. I started to be able to realize that I was going down the same path. And this is something I did not talk to my family about or anything, but I sort of had like a premonition, if you will, that if I just keep doing what I'm doing, then I'm gonna be dead in my 30s, like my uncle, my uncle was. Okay. So anyways, that's kind of a little bit of my upbringing bringing, and I wanted to look like a superhero. Let's get back to that. Right. And when I got into college and I started putting on more and more and more weight and drinking and eating like completely irresponsibly, when I, when I did that, it just made me feel worse and worse and worse. And then when I graduated and started making some actual life changes, right. And I made some commitments to myself when that happened, over about 14 months, I lost those 85 pounds, okay? I lost those 85 pounds. So I was down floating in the 160s, down from 245 pounds, okay? Now that's great, that's awesome. I felt amazing and that, that's cool. But as the years went on, I actually put on weight every single year, healthy, lean body mass every single year, not fat mass, this is important. I put on 
lean body mass every single year, anywhere from like two to four pounds a year, every year, okay? So today in 2021, I'm actually sitting in the mid 190s, okay? And I'm more fit and more lean than I was when I was in the 160s, okay? I've put on about 30 pounds of lean body mass over a, how many years is that? 13 years or so, (laughs) 13, 14 years. Um, So if you can kind of do the math there on average, you know, it's like two to to four pounds of, of lean body. And that's exactly how it went. Every year I put on a little bit more. That's exactly how it went. And no, you know, performance enhancing drugs, no, you know, none of that stuff. And I was able to put on that mask consistently year after year after year. And now where I'm standing here and I'm, I'm knocking on the door of 40, okay, years old, I have a six pack. I am lean. I feel good. I feel amazing. I don't eat with any restrictions, okay? Zero restrictions. I eat whatever I want, pizza, ice cream, all the things that people tell you you can't eat. I eat carbs every day, okay? Now I have an understanding of nutrition. And because I have an understanding of nutrition, I know how to eat all these things, I know how to eat them all every day if I want to, okay? I know how portions work. I know how nutritional values work, okay? And when you understand those things, then literally what I just described is possible. And and, and it doesn't take anything special. In fact, you can come from a, a history of being obese like I was, okay? I was morbidly obese when I was in college. I had that uncomfortable conversation with my doctor, right? Not fun. I've been there, did that, okay? And I was like that for a decade, So please keep that in mind as we're going through this. What's cool is once you understand this stuff and you understand how it works, you will realize and recognize that there's no secret. Okay. There's no secret. There's, there's having knowledge around this. There's having strategy. Strategy is important. I guess you can call that a secret if you want, but there's strategy and then there's perspective. Okay. Perspective. And my perspective, I was blessed to have met some people when I graduated college, when I was at my rock bottom, I invested in myself. I met some people who mentored me through this process. And one of the things that they were so hard to to, to push onto me was this perspective, okay? You can't be focused on all of the stuff that you failed at when you were overweight, when you kept struggling. You can't be focused on that. You can't be expecting that to happen again. Because if you do, the universe is going to give you more of that. If you expect this to fail, then you're going to fail. If you expect yourself to get a month in and then quit, you're going to get a month in and quit. If you expect yourself to repeat old patterns, then you're going to repeat old patterns. Okay. But if you expect yourself to follow through and see a strategy through to completion, then you're going to see it through to completion or you're going to become damn close. Okay. Or if you expect yourself to commit to something, then you're going to commit to something. If you expect yourself to get an 85 pound fat loss transformation over 14 months, then you're going to get an 85 pound fat loss transformation over 14 months. Okay. If you expect yourself to do these things and you tell yourself you're going to do these things, you will do them. Okay. Yes. You need the strategy. Yes. You need some accountability. Not your wife, not your girlfriend, not your boyfriend, not your husband, not your mom. You need real accountability. Yes, you need that, of course. Yes, you need to work on your mindset a little bit. But at the forefront of all of that is you need to tell yourself, I'm going to see this through to completion 
and it's going to work and I'm going to be successful with it. And if you aren't able to do that, it's going to be so much harder. Okay. You have to be able to make that shift, right? And people, they tend to never want to go there, right? They're more comfortable looking at all of the things that could go wrong. And here's why it's actually not a, like a defect within us. It's actually something that is wired within us. And it, it's something that I, I have to acknowledge because it's, it's that important that you understand why we do this in the first place. Okay. And so some people have tried, like I mentioned earlier, have tried all those weight loss res, uh, attempts, those, those programs, those pills, those shots, whatever, and it didn't work. And you've built up some resentment around the whole thing. And now you're kind of negative Nancy around it all. And you don't trust anybody and don't believe anybody. Okay. There's, there's plenty of people listening to this who have experienced that. And by the way, that was me too. Okay. I was reluctant to trust anybody. I convinced myself that I was going to be overweight and not just overweight, but obese forever. Okay. I've been down that road. I understand exactly what it feels like. You're not alone. You are listening to someone who's been there before. I promise. Okay. So when you're there, then, then obviously you've got these thoughts established and nothing's going to change that until you change that. Okay. But the other thing, the other thing, the other piece that a lot of people don't talk about is the fear mechanism that we have wired internally within us. Okay. Fear quite honestly is what keeps us stuck. Okay. Fear is what keeps us overweight in the first place. Fear is what keeps us obese. Fear is what keeps us out of shape and unfit. And quite honestly, fear is what keeps us unhappy. Seriously, fear is what keeps us unhappy in our, our marriages or in our business life, in our work life, in our social life. Fear is what keeps us unhappy in all of those areas. Okay. So there, there, there are parallels between everything I just mentioned, fitness, health, wellness, your weight, your relationship, your marriage, your relationship with your kids, your relationships at work, your social relationships, your neighbors, okay? Everyone in your life, those relationships, your successes, your failures, your income, all of those things are their functions and what you get out of all those things, by the way, those are functions of a fear-based way of thinking, which we are hardwired to do naturally. So I'm going to give you some insight here so that you can break free from some of that and achieve some higher levels in all those areas, in particular, your health and your fitness and your weight loss. Okay. So if you've ever heard of this, then cool. This is going to be like almost like hammering at home a second time, right? Like watching a movie a second time and picking up something new. So fear is, is essentially your amygdala influencing your thoughts. Okay. Now the amygdala is part of the brain. I recommend everyone listening to this, go look up the, the human brain triune. Okay. Um, it's called a bunch of different things, but that's the term I'm going to use here in this podcast. And so the, 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 the main, the, the whole punchline here is that our brain is actually three pieces. We have three pieces that make up the whole thing. Okay. And it's not the left brain, right brain that you're thinking of with the, the analytics and the art and all that. That is part of it, okay, but that's, that's not really what I'm getting into. What I'm getting into are the three different parts of the brain, okay? Now, this is a clear indication of some form of evolution, so just kind of bear with me, okay? The, the lowest level of the brain, I mean physically lowest, like nearest to your spinal cord, is something called the reptile brain, okay, the lizard brain, 
Now, <laughs> this is what contains like the, the, the brainstem and the cerebellum. And at the end of the day, this is responsible for your fight or flight, okay? Anytime you have that fight or flight feeling, that is your lizard brain, your reptile brain, stimulating your, your, your thoughts to, to create that reaction, okay? That's kind of cool, but uh, that's, that's not exactly what we're talking about. That kind of plays a role, but that's not really what we're talking about. The next part of the brain, which is physically higher than the, the reptile brain, okay? It's above the brainstem. This is called your mammal brain, okay? Now, again, you're getting closer to the human piece, but it's not 100% human. This is found in, in mammals. This is a mammalian thing, okay? Now, this is what contains the amygdala, okay? This is also what contains something called the limbic system. And really, at the end of the day, what this is responsible for is emotions and memories. Now, if you've been following me for any amount of time, I talk about a couple different things regarding brain function and habit forming and all that. And one of the things I talk about is the relationship between the basal ganglia, which is part of the brain, it's part of the mammal brain specifically, and the prefrontal cortex. Okay, now the, 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 the basal ganglia, I want you to think of that as just a giant like storage chest, okay? That's, that's really all it is. It's a giant storage chest. And anytime you experience something or think something or see something or whatever, that gets stored in the storage chest as like just a, it's, it's, an ar it's archived there, if you will, okay? And when you are trying to, to think of something, when you're speaking or when you're doing something, you are recalling thoughts, you are recalling experiences from that storage chest, okay? So again, that's called the basal ganglia. But all of this stuff together, guys, the amygdala, uh, your emotional response, your memories, the basal ganglia function, all of that is part of the mammal brain, okay? And the amygdala being part of that, that is what influences through emotion your thoughts to make a decision. Okay, it's actually, it's really, really interesting. Uh, before I'm gonna go any further on that, let me just get to the last one. So the third part of the brain, this is called the human brain. Okay, this is another name for, for some of this is the, the neocortex. This is responsible for things that are human. Okay, human, so like language, uh, rationalization, conscious thinking, abstract thought, imagination, right? As smart as, as, as lions might be, they don't, science shows that they don't really imagine things, right? They don't really imagine their cubs growing wings and flying around and like, they just don't think those things, those, those thoughts don't cross their mind because they don't have that ability in their brain to think of those things. They don't have imagination. Okay. They have emotion, they have memory. That's the mammal brain, but they don't have this imaginative, uh, like conscious thought, subconscious thought, recognition, abstract thought, recognition, rationalization kind of way of thinking, right? This is a, this is a human thing. And so what we do, guys, this is all tying in here. What we do as humans is we let our amygdala influence our conscious and unconscious thinking and rationalize decisions based on that. Okay. That is our downfall. That is our downfall. That is what we do. I encourage all of you to look up the amygdala. Okay. Just research it on your own. Look it up, read a book, read something online, check multiple sources. Just, just educate yourself a little bit on that. You will find that a lot of the decisions that you've made in your life have probably been a function of your amygdala firing and telling you to do something, even though at the end of the day, that's not really what you want. 
Okay, but all of this stuff together, guys, this ties into that fear mechanism I was talking about because your body, your brain specifically, wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you safe. And if you are currently 85 pounds overweight like I was, that is home for you, right? That's home base. That's what your body knows. That's what your brain knows. It may not like it. You may not want to be there. You may not want to be 85 pounds for the rest of your life, overweight, okay? But it's home. You know it. It's the devil you know, right? Versus the opposite, which is the devil you don't know. And while it may seem compelling and exciting to lose 85 pounds and be incredibly fit and look good and feel good, when you start to actually trek down that path, the fear response goes through the roof. That's why you get nervous before doing something. When you think about when you go into a job interview, right? Before you go in, most people are incredibly nervous, even if they say they're not, right? And they, they step in there, especially if it's a job they really want or desperately need, okay? Before you step in there, you're nervous. And part of you has probably not wanted to do it. Part of you has probably said, what if I just get in my car and I just drive, right? And I just don't even go in. That's probably happened to many people listening to this. I know I've done that. Right, or I've at least thought that. And the reason is because you're gonna stay safe. The outcome is not gonna be what you want, but you're gonna be safe, right? You're gonna be able to avoid the uncomfortable thing and keep your circumstances the way they are, and therefore that part is satisfied, that itch is scratched, but at the end of the day, you're not gonna get what you want. Right, so this is why people tend to say things like, in order to get what you want, you have to be willing to get a little uncomfortable, right? You have to be a little comfortable getting uncomfortable sometimes. And that is actually very, very true. So in this context, if you want to lose those 85 pounds, if you want to lose those 40 pounds, hell, even if it's 10 pounds, like the, the amount doesn't matter, even if it's one pound, okay, of body fat, and you want to create that transformation long term, if that's something you want, then you have to be okay getting a little uncomfortable. That doesn't mean miserable. That doesn't mean you're gonna hate every second of your life. That doesn't mean any of that. It just means you're gonna to have to get a little uncomfortable. It's very much like jumping into a pool, okay, for the first time. Dry, right? You're dry, you walked outside. It's not boiling hot, right? It's like 78 degrees, so it's definitely warm, but it's not like, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not like the middle of the desert, 110 degree Arizona weather, right? And when you jump in that pool, there's going to be a little shock, right? Because it's, it's, it's not going to be, it's going to be colder than your body temperature. It's going to be colder than the air. So it's got that feeling, right? It's cold for a second or two. This is the same thing, right? And if you think about it, that pool analogy is great because before you jump in, you know, a lot of people will stand there and they'll dip their toe in. They'll, they'll maybe they'll walk down the stairs like super slow because they think that's going to be easier and they're uncomfortable, the fear mechanism is <laughs> starting to take over. It's exactly the same thing. You know that jumping in is going to lead to you being able to swim around, have some fun, maybe play with your kids, uh, cool off if you're hot outside, like whatever, all these different things. And you're going to enjoy it at the end of the day and you're going to be happy you did it. But the fear of jumping in and experiencing the stark contrast makes you uncomfortable. And because it makes you uncomfortable, you know, a lot of times people either delay it or they don't do it, right? And guys, this is this is such an important thing, and we focus very, very heavily on this with our clients because we see it all the time. 
And we also have experienced this ourselves. We know this intimately. We're not guessing. We've been down this road. I understand you. I want you to, if you're right now, whatever you're doing, just stop for a second and just listen to these words. If you are stuck losing weight, losing body fat, getting into a body that makes you feel amazing and you feel like you've tried everything, just know this. I understand you, okay? And I understand you because I was you. Now, I may be a male, you may be a female, whatever, (laughs) gender aside, I was you. I have lived that. We are both human beings and I have lived that experience. I know it, okay? And because I know it and I've been down that road, I know how to help someone traverse the terrain, the uneven, rocky terrain of getting from where you're at to where you want to go. And I can tell you with 100% certainty from the bottom of my heart that it's not just about dieting differently and exercising differently. Those things, we call that strategy. That's very important. Okay. More specifically, it's about understanding nutrition and learning how to eat flexibly so that you can have whatever you want with no restrictions and lose that body fat at the same time. Okay. And training wise, working out wise, you should be working out maybe three to four days a week tops, 35 to 45 minutes each. And that's it. Okay. There's really no need to be working out 18 hours a week. Like a lot of people do and don't think that you need to do that. Okay. But that's the strategy piece. Cool. Now, once that's aside, the rest of it is what I'm talking about here. It's about knowledge. It's about education around nutrition, which by the way, once you learn that stuff, you don't unlearn it. It's like the alphabet. You're going to learn it. You're going to lock it in. It's actually pretty simple. And then once you learn it, it never goes away. Okay. You've got it. And that learning takes place through practice and repetition. And then also knowledge transfer. Okay. From someone else, from another source. So once those happen, then the only other piece guys is this perspective and this mindset shift. A lot of people don't think they need any mindset changes or work or anything. I'm telling you, if you're stuck, then you do. If you're stuck, if this has been a problem for any amount of time, then there's a little work that needs to take place there. And the more you resist that, and the more that you think I'm full of shit, and the more that you think that your mindset is tip top perfect, and you don't need any work there, you just need a diet plan and an exercise plan. The more you think that way, the longer you're going to be stuck. And the longer you're going to be on this hamster wheel. I promise you that. Okay. Again, I've been there. I understand it. And I can tell you that I've been in the position of thinking that all I need is the diet plan or all I need is the workout plan. My mindset's fine. I mean, hell, when I graduated college, I had a bachelor's degree in engineering, which was not easy to get. And I, I, I felt pretty proud of that at the time. I felt like I understood things like numbers and analytics. And I felt like I was pretty sharp and intelligent. Um, I don't necessarily <laughs> look back and think that way now, but whatever. I felt that way at the time. And so my mindset was, all right, I'm smart. I just need to know the diet plan and the exercise plan. And I've got it from here. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. I was petrified. Okay. I had no idea what I didn't even know. Like I didn't know what I didn't know. And once I figured that out, which again came through mentorship, everything changed from there. So with that being said, guys, my, before we wrap this up, my, my ask of you, okay, which I I know I say that a lot. It's because I, I guess I'm asking 
people to, to do a lot of things before they make this change in their life. My ask of you is to not dismiss these things I talked about, not dismiss a mindset shift, not dismiss the fact that your perspective is probably cloudy. It's probably muddy. You probably can't see what you can't see. And therefore you think that nothing needs to change there, but it actually does. I would ask you and encourage you and implore you to kind of change the way you, you think th about that stuff and be open to something new. Okay. The other thing I would ask you is to recognize or start to, to try to recognize that it's not just about strategy. Yes, that's important, but it is not the only thing. Okay. So with that being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got value out of this podcast or any other podcast that I've put out, if you got value out of any of our content on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere else, I would ask you to please go over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. That would mean the world to me personally. That would mean the world to our team. And there is someone out there that needs to hear this, that would hear that, would hear this message, would hear this podcast if and only if it came across their radar. And by you leaving a rating and review, that would help me get in front of more people and in the ears of more people and ultimately help more people. So I would appreciate that so much. And lastly, if you do need help in this area, if you are stuck and you want some help in this area, I would encourage you to go over to our website at permafitforlife.com, which I'll link in the show notes and check that out. We also have a pretty cool case study page that'll kind of walk you through how we do what we do, how we work with people, what that all looks like. And there's some case studies in there. There are some, some testimonials that you can hear like straight from the, the client, like what that looks like. And if you're interested in having a conversation about how we can help you, then the best thing to do, if you're ready to rock and roll, is just go over to permafitforlife.com forward slash game plan. And what that's going to do is it's going to set you up with a quick 10 or 15 minute call with myself or someone from the team. And we're just going to take a, a short little deep dive into what's going on with you, where you're at, what your goals are, where your struggles are. And you can't even buy anything on that call. So don't expect to have that level of conversation. It's just about finding out where you're at. And if it's a great fit and we feel like we can help you, then we can talk about what those next steps might be. But again, if you want to book that call and just have that conversation, head over to permafitforlife.com forward slash game plan. All right, guys, that's going to do it here. Thank you all so much. Welcome to the month of May. I'm super excited. Can't wait for summer. And uh, that's it, guys. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Have a blessed day. Bye.